Joey, guess what? What? We got merch. Guess what else? What? We're going on tour. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> so by the time you hear this, we will have dropped our merch on our social media channels. And if you haven't seen it, what are you waiting for? I mean, call your therapist. You ain't better than me. Yo, buzzer. <laughs> All the things that you want printed on a t-shirt, a mug, a sticker, a sweater, whatever you need, we got you. Whatever you want. We have does not light up a room. That way, in case anybody is thinking of describing you that way, they will think twice. <laughs> We've got slouchies, t-shirts, hoodies, every kind of cut, color you could possibly imagine. Not only that, we're going back on tour. I am so excited. And everybody's been asking this. This is a brand new show. Right. If you saw us at Obsessed Fest or anywhere on any of the legs of our other tour, we did the Scoop Daniels show. And we are in the process of writing an entirely new show for you. So if you are in Nashville, D.C. or Chicago or Seattle, we are coming to you. And hopefully we can add more tour dates. I think so. But we got to see how this one sells. So if you haven't gotten your tickets or if you want to get merch, you can go to our website, Disappeared Pod, and you can click See Us Live, or you can click Shop if you feel like shopping. We got something for everybody, and don't forget the holidays are coming up. These are all great holiday gifts for your favorite DB. We can't wait. We'll see you soon. See you soon, baby. I saw Strange Loop last night. Oh, how was it? Maybe one of the best things I've seen on Broadway in a really long time. Okay, but what about the lady in front of you? She definitely moved because I was cackling. There was a woman sitting directly in front of me, and I was just like, ah! she got up and moved two rows down. I'm like, let me live. I paid for my ticket just as much as you did. We were out to dinner the other night, and a woman yelled at me for my cackle. So I guess we have something in common. I know. <laughs> Disappeared, the podcast where Joey and I, for the next couple weeks, recap our favorite ID show, Disappeared. Y'all, we are at the end of the road. Yeah. Although we've come to the, not today, yeah. but very, very soon. If you would like more Joey and I, and if you would like to catch us on our Patreon, that's where we do our bonus content. And if you are already in the drama club, you're going to get some big surprises coming your way, which we're really excited to announce. And if you're not, what are you waiting for? Go to our website and click the Patreon link and you can get ad-free episodes, bonus episodes. I'll leak Joey's nudes if you want. Joke's on you. They've already been leaked. <laughs> also, yeah, if you want, what are you waiting the, for? The, the, the internet crashes as everyone <laughs> Googles Joey Taranto underwear. Joey exactly. Taranto. Well, it's there. It's there. Okay, well, there you go. So if anyone has the World Wide Web, which a couple of you I heard have, have gotten that, uh, you can look into that. Or you can join us on the Patreon. If you're not listening to the Patreon, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? Yeah, thank you, Jennifer Love Hewitt. What are you waiting for? <laughs> We are on season nine, episode 11, titled Breaking Away, and it tells the story of the disappearance of James Martin Roberts. He's a popular fraternity brother with a big heart. But highly talented, a natural leader. He's very dedicated. When he wanted to do something, he did it. A lapse in judgment trips him up, but he soon gets himself back on track. He seemed like he was doing real well in school. He was keeping up with schoolwork. Until one day he heads to campus and never returns. It's as if when that bus pulled away, he vanished. A cryptic note is his only explanation. Said my family's given me a lot of opportunities that I just didn't take advantage of. His puzzling secrets leave detectives and his loved ones baffled. We think there's somebody out there that can help us figure out what's going on. I don't care why he left, where he's been. I just want him to come home. So here we are on Tuesday evening, April 19th, 2016. Give it to me. What? You? I'm not going to say shit about the music. No. We're, we're done. We're, you didn't, nothing in 2016 was worth a mention? No. Okay, great. 
You heard it here. So if you want to go to Joey's Spotify, I don't know. It's there. (laughs) Go ahead. Anyway, we hear about 19-year-old James Martin Roberts, who goes by Martin, and he is a college sophomore at the Appalachian State University. Appalachian, Appalachian, either works. I don't want to hear your shit. Don't DM me about it. My dad died this year. That's right. I'm playing the dead dad card, and you can't trump that. He's dead. Talk to me about Appalachian, Appalachian. Well, I've learned a lot of things on this podcast. Like what? And one of the things is how to pronounce Appalachian. It's Appalachian. Other it's people Appalachian. said Appalachian. No, it's because, do you know how you remember? It's, I'll throw an Appalachia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying, there's people who live in the Appalachian area who call it Appalachian. They DM'd me. You know but what? But either way, St- I don't want to hear it. Start a podcast. Start a podcast. <laughs> there you go. 19-year-old college sophomore James Martin Roberts, who goes by Martin, meets with friends at a favorite Appalachian State University hangout, the Klondike Cafe. Martin and his fraternity brother have come for the Klondike's big draw. My group of friends, we wanted to go to play trivia. According to Martin's friend, Holly, he's true to form that night. He would always just say funny things and just, he'd always be the guy that everybody wanted to hang out with. This night, he is meeting friends at the Klondike Cafe. It took everything not to say Klondike I Bar. I know. You know what's so it funny? It feels like a missed opportunity. Because then that was like in it when we were a kid, right? Yeah. God, we do a lot of that on this podcast. We are old ass people. Well. But it's funny because his old friend Holly is here and one of Martin's friends from college. And they're just talking about like an old college bar. Now, I know you didn't go to college. Well, I did a little bit. How do you just decide it's your college bar? Hand to God, our college bar was called Charlie Flynn's. And and the ceiling was falling in. I believe there it. There was black mold. The walls were sodden. I mean, there was there was herpes on the seats. There was DNA <laughs> everywhere. We're like, let's go to Charlie. It was, I know. It was the grossest bar in Boston. Hands down, it's not even there. I'm sure it was condemned by the Board of Health. But it's the college bar. That's what it is. It's a rite of passage. In New Orleans, there was a college bar called The Boot. And it was also decrepit and falling apart and disgusting. Yet, we all ended up there. I didn't even go to college in New Orleans. And I was yeah. like, how am I? here. Exactly. But that's where they all hung out. So they were there. I got such a smile on my face when they said this because Martin was there with his fraternity brothers. That's not what I'm smiling about, but they were there for trivia. Honey, we love a trivia night. We sure do. So for those of you who don't know, I started a trivia league because when we were on Broadway, you know, we live an opposite life to everyone. We're going to work as you guys are all coming home. And, you know, trivia nights are at 630, 7, 8.30, so we never had one. So I started a trivia league that started at 10.30. It was so fun. It was so fun. fun. Man, I love a trivia night. Everybody came out. All the shows came out. Yeah. It It was was great. Because we never got to do stuff like that. But I just grinned ear to ear when. I was like, these guys were waiting for trivia night. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. And also, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of talking heads on this episode. A lot. And it really is proof of how much yeah. Martin was loved. Yeah. Because everyone was like, look, he's he was very sweet. Everyone loved him. If you were going to go out, you wanted Martin to yeah. be with you. I think nobody said he lit up a room, but they exactly. were aiming at it. It was like they knew, but they wanted to tell us how charismatic and lovely yeah. he was. The son of parents who are divorced and estranged from each other. Martin first enrolled at Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina, almost a year and a half earlier. He was really set on going to Appalachian State, and when that that acceptance came in, he was really excited about it. Nestled in the foothills of the scenic Blue Ridge Mountains, the school's vibe is unique. The laid-back atmosphere, I think it suits him really well. It's nice and calm there. Martin's dad, John, is here. I can't call him Papa John, so he's going to be Dad John. And he's like, Martin had always had his heart set on Appalachian State University. And so when he was accepted, he was stoked. Yeah, and it's in Boone, North Carolina. Do we have any listeners in Boone, North Carolina? I drank Boone's Farm. And ha- is that where Boone's Farm is from? Probably not. But we'll have someone tell I actually love North Carolina. I really, really I know do. I you're going to be like, I actually love Boone's Farm. Oh, I was really no. like, oh, honey. I got sick on Strawberry Hill once and one time yeah. only I can't even smell the stuff yeah. or I'll throw up. No, I love North Carolina. I really, really do. I was in North Carolina visiting our friend Cliff Samuels. You know Cliff? And there was a, t- I will never forget, there was this tow truck. And I was in the car with him and I looked to my left and there's this tow truck and there's just a camel on the side of it. Why? Work it out. It was a work truck with a camel on it. No, it was a tow truck. With a camel on it. 
Oh, don't have it. Camel toe. <laughs> I, hands to God, I was like, North Carolina, you are, it just had a camel on it. And it was a tow truck. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. You got to get a gimmick, honey. So he just always wanted to go to college there for whatever reason. And now Nikki, his half-sister, is saying how the vibe was, you know, scenic and chill. And I got to say again, they show pictures and it does look gorgeous. Well, Mama Kimberly is here too. And she says that in Martin's first semester, Martin wanted to make friends and the fraternity was a great way to do it. And he thrived. Yeah. How many fraternity brothers does it take to screw in a life? How many? None. They have natural light. Get it? Yes. That's a good one. I don't like it. Okay. (laughs) We'll talk more about fraternities (laughs) a little bit later. But he didn't have any problems, you know, making friends. And his high school girlfriend, Kayla, is here. And he was just saying how people join fraternities and sororities to find a sense of community. So I didn't go to a big school. And I also had, like, a really specified major but I guess I would imagine that people who join the fraternities and sororities, it's just like, I guess, a way to meet people and find common interests or yeah. networking. I don't know. The hazing rituals. There's know. a lot of homosexual activity in a fraternity. I'm sure that's why a lot of people do that. Did you ever watch Bama Rush TikTok? <laughs> I did not. Uh, some down bitch is nodding their head and they watched Bama Rush TikTok. It was pretty addicting. It's weird. Greek life, I never understood it, but it's for some people. There no, it's go. not for me. I'm not trying to get spanked in the dead of night. Never mind. So, um... <laughs> Even as a child in Kernersville, North Carolina, Martin was a natural athlete. Playing soccer, playing baseball, playing football. He just, he always loved sports. As the brown-haired, blue-eyed Dynamo got older, he excelled on the soccer field. He liked to compete, he liked to play, he liked to play to win. In high school, he was voted captain of his soccer team. We got a sweet little history of Martin. We see all these pictures of him playing all these sports, and he excelled in soccer, and he was the captain of the soccer team, same, and it made me smile because I actually really, his soccer jersey was number 10, and my soccer jersey from the very first time I put on a soccer jersey when I was six years old was 10, and then when I was older, I found out it was Pele's number. I'm dead serious. You played soccer? Are you joking right now? I had no idea you played soccer. Am I supposed to know that? I mean, soccer was like a huge part of my... I almost went to college on a soccer scholarship. You're a liar. But let me tell you something. This is your doing. I don't trust nothing that comes out of your mouth anymore because you have done this. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Anyway, while I'm calling my mom on this here podcast... Hello? Mom. Yes. Hi. Are you okay? Yeah, why? Okay, you're on the podcast. Mom, what sport did I play my whole life growing up? Soccer. What sport was I amazing at my whole life? Running your mouth. Soccer. What was my number growing up? My soccer jersey number. Do you remember? Oh, gosh. Do I remember? Uh, 10? Oh, my God. I had no idea. Joey thought I was lying. I were literally well, but, recording but in the my podcast defense, right you now. You lie to me all the time on this podcast. <laughs> I was 10 on my very, very first jersey. And then when I joined the Bay Oaks, I found out it was Pele's number and I kept it for the rest of my life. Right, right. Look at you. He didn't believe you. He, oh, my goodness. What do you have to say to that, Mom? Uh, you know what? I you never liked him. I know you know. You always said you never trusted him. I Are know. Are you joking? You said I ne- No, it's okay. You said I never trusted that Southern bumpkin as far as I could throw him. <laughs> Tell him. Don't believe it, Joey. I never said that. But I know that Ellen doesn't lie about those things. No. No, it's not your fault. You know, when you grow up around that much patchouli because of the hippies in San Francisco, it just sort of like fries your brain cells. So, you know, she don't know where she is. Ellen, you're at the podcast. I love you, Mom. We'll call you later. (laughs) All right. Bye. Well, I guess the real takeaway here is that you've lied to me so much Mm -hmm. that you've destroyed our trust. Yeah. So we arrive on Wednesday evening, April 20th, which is the night after the Klondike Cafe trivia night. And Dad John was expecting a phone call from Martin. Dad John, by the way, just lives two hours away. And they were supposed to have a phone chat about, like, plans for the summer. We were making plans for the, you know, coming weeks and for the summer and for next semester. We were talking about the classes he was in and you know, the grades that he had at that time. He was gonna call me back Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest. 
But according to Martin's friends and family, his phone was his Achilles heel. He was just a not a great like texting communicator, phone communicator. I feel like multiple times he always had a broken phone. Now everyone here is really going to tell us how Martin wasn't a great communicator. He wasn't a great texter. You know the people. Like if I text you and you don't text me back, I'm like he's either in the shower having sex or he's on the subway. You know what I mean? Because you're a good communicator. And, and then you have those friends that you know you're like, ugh, it takes her a day and a half to respond. But they also made it a point to say that he always busted his phone. He how many phones have you dropped and shattered? Okay. Ha guess. Oh, take a guess. A couple. I have shattered my phone. But I'm just saying, we are here in 2022. There are genius people walking around everywhere. They are creating the most inventive thing. Like, one day, someone flipped a bathrobe around and was like, boom, this is a Snuggie now, and I'm going to make billions of dollars. Okay? <laughs> and you mean to tell me that there's not someone who can't create glass? that doesn't break when you drop it? That's not on me. That's on inventors. They're the ones slacking. You know why they don't have to invent glass that doesn't shatter on a phone? Why? Because they invented phone cases, Alan. <laughs> they got a phone case for that. I'm just saying, somewhere, someone has invented glass that doesn't break and iPhone refuses to use it. It's a racket. It's like Netflix. Anyway, that day, <laughs> Dad... Netflix is a racket. Yeah, Don't get me started. Okay. okay, got you. Dad John didn't hear from him, and he was like, ugh, I guess I'll call him. So Martin was at his apartment, and he was just sort of chilling with his roommates that morning. Yeah. And so as he was leaving, he's getting ready for his day, and they're like, oh, where are you headed to? And he said, oh, I'm going to go to the library. And he grabs a water bottle, throws it in his backpack, and leaves around 10.30 a.m. Now that morning on his walk, he actually bumped into his cousin who went to the school, too. They weren't super close. And they and it was I guess it was a big campus. They never really really saw each other, but it was like they were sweet. They were you know they chatted. They were happy to bump into each other. They chatted a bit, and then he said, "All right, I'm off to my fraternity house." And she got on like the campus bus that which is called Apple Cart or something yeah, like that. It's just like that takes you all around campus to campus. We had one of those. Yeah, yeah. Sadly. That was the last time anyone saw Martin. Yeah. Around 4 p.m. that afternoon, two of Martin's closest friends from the fraternity stopped by Martin's apartment to see him because turns out the day before, Oof. Martin had abruptly left the fraternity group chat. And more than just leaving the chat, he also wasn't responding to texts. And everyone knew he wasn't super great on text, but like... He wasn't responding to anyone. That's a big old silent statement. Yes. I mean, like, I have never personally left a group chat, but my ego couldn't take it. Because you know the minute you leave a group chat, that's all the group chat is going to talk about. Because oh. it gives you a notification. I have left so many chats, it's not even Of course, funny. you had Joey T has left the chat in a huff. With a, in I a, don't care in about a, your in gift. a curtain of glitter. You just... You're not going to show me a meme that I can't peruse Instagram for. No. And I don't care about your one-eyed cat with the weird whiskers and all that. I don't care. I'm just saying, if someone left a group chat, I would be like, well, they hate me. Well, it didn't matter if there's two people or 20 people. Chances are they do. <laughs> the point was the fraternity brothers went to his house because they were like, he left the group chat. What's going on? Let's go talk to him. I hope he's okay. By Friday morning, Martin's father is increasingly worried about his son. It's been four days of radio silence. I uh, called the landlord for the apartment complex. I said, are you going to go by there anytime today, this morning? I need to check on Martin. The apartment manager started calling the roommates and saying, hey, can you go in his room, see if he's there? Martin's not inside. But on his desk, there's a note. And so they knock on Martin's door, but there's no answer. They go in and they find a note he left behind. Yes, not a good note. No. So they yeah. call Dad John, read him the note, and immediately Dad John and his wife, Abby, that's his new wife, hop in a car and they're driving to that apartment complex. Yeah. So the police come and they read the letter. And it turns out it's really personal. And the parents have chosen to keep some of it private, which we absolutely respect and yeah. understand. Of course, I'm a human being. It piques my curiosity. But they haven't made it public. They made a couple of little sentences public. And one of them was, he said, my family has, oh, God, I have chills. I know. My family has given me a lot of opportunity 
opportunities that I didn't take advantage of. He went on to express disappointment in himself and that he felt like a failure. But the letter didn't really give any indication about what he was doing or the fact if he was going to hurt himself. It was just sad. And I absolutely respect them keeping that private. But I'm human nature is like, what did that note say? You know? Yeah. He also, and and here's the other thing he left behind his laptop, Mm -hmm. his iPad, his phone, and his wallet. Yeah. That is worrisome. So they reach out to his half sister, Nikki, and Nikki got her mom, and they're all heading to Boone, North Carolina to see what's happening, what they can do. And of course, you know, the family's trying their best not to let fear get the best of them, which I, under- yeah, I totally understand that coping mechanism. Now, this is when we learned that Martin had recently gotten in a little bit of trouble. So on Martin's first night back at school for his sophomore year, he went to a frat party. He got drunk. He made the unfortunate decision to get in his car and drive drunk. Thankfully, he didn't get far at all, uh, far enough to injure himself or anyone else, because he was pulled over by campus police very shortly after he began driving. Yeah, and he was arrested. He got a DWI, which, thank God, he was arrested and he didn't hurt anybody. I mean— Or himself. Oh, my gosh. I mean— We all make mistakes. We all have lapses of judgment. But please, please, please call an Uber. Yeah. So he actually called his high school girlfriend, Kayla, and she was 100 miles away. He's like, I'm in jail. Can you come get me? And she's like, what? She's like, my guy, it's 2 a.m. Yeah, it's 2 a.m. I'm 100 miles away. I'm two hours away, and I got to brush my teeth. I've been asleep for hours. And obviously, that's not... I get it. That's not the kind of call you want to make to your parents. I get it. Totally. We're going to see this pattern of him really wanting to not disappoint his parents. I don't know. I don't know. I am not a perfect parent by any means, but the thing that I've always drilled into Lola's head is... You want me to be your first call. Yeah. You want, because I'll make it better. I will fix it. Don't lie, because the lie is always worse than the thing. I promise you, call me first. Yeah. But I don't know. Who knows? Well, you know, and and family dynamics are very specific and they're very personal. We don't know. But I also feel like if you have put a lot of pressure on yourself to be perfect there's all kinds of, I, I felt that as a minister's of kid course. growing up. That's, you know, you don't want to be the one that fucks up in your family. Because you are you know your family has beat into your head. Don't drink. Don't drive. Don't drink and drive. Yeah. Don't do drugs. And yeah. you're like, I did the thing. Of course you're going to do the thing. Yeah. We all did that. Yeah. We all did stupid shit that we're not proud of. Yeah. But down bitch Kayla, honey, she gets in her car and she drives and she goes to get him. So two hours later, probably around 4.30, she gets there in the she morning. Nope. No, I don't like it. So get to Martin. Nope. So when she, she gets okay, you're done. Kayla says she drove two hours to Boone that night to help Martin. When I arrived, he was already out. As soon as I got there, he threw money at me. Really? As in like gas money. He was like, I'm sorry, you came all the way up here for nothing. Exhausted and emotional, Kayla says they wound up fighting. I can't do this. I deserve a little bit better. That night, Martin lost his driver's license and his girlfriend. They got into a pretty big argument. And sadly, that night, Martin lost two things. He lost his driver's license and he lost his girlfriend because Kayla was like, I don't want this. Yeah. She said something funny. She said he was like, th- he. she didn't say he was hostile, but she did say he was like throwing money at her. He said, she said that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He was like, all right, here, take the money, take the gas. I'm sorry. I, you know, who's to say? Yeah. It was enough to make her upset enough to like call it off. He was probably know? still sobering up, yeah. not sleeping. And embarrassed. Yes, mortified. And so, she's like half asleep and she's just like, I drove all this fucking way. You couldn't call and tell me to turn around. Yeah, for sure. You know? yeah. So Martin let 24 hours pass before calling dad John and stepmom Abby to let them know about the DUI. Not only did he tell his parents about what happened, he also was like, I want to come home. And his stepmom was like, okay, baby, come home for the weekend or a week, whatever you want. And he's like, no, I think I want to come home for this semester. I think he recognized... He felt like the environment he was in was not good for him. And if you're in a fraternity, and college is a big party scene anyway. It's so overwhelming. And if you are suffering from anxiety or perhaps depression or anything, it's only exacerbated by 
alcohol, the pressure to people please, all of those things, you know? So honestly... I'm kind of like good for him. Yeah. He withdrew from college and they had this family friend named Rich Miller who was opening up a restaurant and he's like, listen, you were always a good kid. He knew them from the soccer field. He's like, come work for me. And he freaking killed it. He yeah. was like working hard. Not only that, he was like interested in the business aspect of it and he was, you know, making money. He was doing great and he just sort of got back on his feet. Yeah. And I think it also probably helped him forgive himself in a way. After Martin took a full semester off, He returned to college in January of 2016. He was ready to get, not to be living with us again. But according to his father, Martin wanted to handle his education differently this time. He was living in an apartment with uh, three other fraternity brothers. I think he was glad to be back uh, with his friends, uh, but we didn't talk as much after he went back. Yeah, I also love when Dad John was like, I'm pretty sure he was sick of living with us. Wow, that too. <laughs> like, Because no matter how old you are, all of a sudden when you go back to your parents' house, you're 16. Like, I am a grown-ass woman with, like, a home, a job, and a child. And I'm like, Mama! Yeah. Can you leave me alone? <laughs> God, you are so annoying! Yeah, yeah. My mom just loves to give me her opinions freely. I don't like your hair like that. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you wearing that dangly earring? Oh, I don't like that. What and so now that? I just give it back to her. And I'll just be like, I didn't ask you. Why do you always say that? I didn't ask you. Well, until you learn that I didn't ask you for your opinion. <laughs> we know she listens to the podcast. Hi. Hi, Mom. So after this time of like, you know, sort of recalibrating, he was really, really happy to be back at school. Fast forward the four months, and this is where all this confusion. So remember that cousin that he randomly bumped into, yeah. the one that was supposedly the last person to saw? Well, Dad what? Jo- the last person to saw? <laughs> It's Sunday. She was supposedly the last person that saw Martin. Mm-hmm. Well, Papa Dad. The Lord's got a funny way. You're a funny guy, Jesus. You funny because you saw someone with hate in their heart directing that hate to me. Just trying to make it. Just trying to be, you know that do song. Right. You know that song. Jesus, you're hilarious. <laughs> it's a song. Jesus. No, no. Just like I tell my mom, one day you'll learn. So you're not going to give me shit because when you do, Jesus says, hey, let me just get these marbles. Put just a few just marbles in her mouth. Go uh, on. She doesn't need any help with the marbles in her mouth. <laughs> so Papa Dad was like, hey. If you say Papa Dad <laughs> one more time, I'm going to burn this booth down. Well, it's because I always say Papa John, but I don't want to say Papa you John. You say you are talking like a fool. Your hair looks like a who from Whoville. You are a hot, shitty mess. Pull it together. <laughs> Papa Dad. <sighs> Sounds like a nickname for a boyfriend. Oh, okay. Boop. Okay. I almost said it again. I know you did. Dad John. So Dad John asked the cousin who went to school with Martin, was like, hey, have you seen Martin? I know you guys don't see a lot of each other. And she was like, actually, now that you mention it, I just saw him the other day. We bumped into each other. He was like, cool. Can you just like come swing by and like let's have a chat and let's try and piece all this together? While talking with his roommates, inconsistencies emerge. They thought Martin was headed to the library Thursday morning, which isn't where his cousin ran into him. Martin told her he was headed to the house where his Teak fraternity brothers hang out. If he were to go to the Teak house, he would have made a right and crossed the street, and the Teak house would be right up here. But police find no evidence Martin arrived. There were people that were at the house that day, around that time, and they said he he didn't come by today. We didn't see him at all. No, no, no. He told us he was heading to the library. So we have immediate inconsistencies within like an hour of what Martin has been telling people. Yeah, and they checked out that frat house and there were people there. They're like, we never saw Martin. Yeah. So now the police reach out to the bus service because they have security cameras on the buses. And after hours of searching, they find Martin in the footage walking away from the bus stop. It's just eerie. It's just knowing maybe that's the last 
last image that we you just see. want to be like, where are you going, my I know. guy? Where are you going? What please, do you need? Please stay on that camera for one more second. Let me yeah. see your face. Let me let me get a hint. Let me know which where you're going. Who are you with? Anything. Well, there's 17 seconds of footage from that back camera, and you see Martin heading to the corner of a very busy intersection on the edge of the campus. And so now they're like, you know, investigators are like, if we can just see which direction he went, like left or right, but the bus leaves mm-hmm. right before you see where he goes. And it gets really grainy. It's not super, it's not like grainy as fuck, but right. it's pretty grainy. And it just gets, you know, the further he walks away, the image is so yeah. not clear. So now they try and look through his phone and that shit is on lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> I get you, Martin. Same. Yeah. But you know what? On an iPhone, you can see missed calls and text the notifications on on the screen yeah. if you're stupid. Yeah. If you're, <laughs> if you're smart, you hide those notifications. <laughs> but they can't get in the phone. So one of his fraternity brothers was like, oh, something else. Maybe this is useful. I took him to get a haircut a couple days ago. I also took him to the bank. And another one of his fraternity brothers was like, yeah, he came home with like bags of groceries the other day because he had a refrigerator in his room. room. Yeah. Because you're not putting bags of groceries in a fraternity house <laughs> or that where your Lunchables will get eaten in 3.2. Literally. Oh, Lunchables. They're my kryptonite. So when they check Martin's fridge in his room, they find it was basically empty. So they're wondering, did he leave with some groceries like yeah, well, in his okay, backpack? Uh, okay. Christopher is like acting like he's, he's about to solve the Zodiac killer. <laughs> like he's like, they, they were wondering if he left with the food. I'm like, Christopher, yeah, probably. He probably took his Lunchables and his Gushers and his fruit snacks and his Little Bites and he left. That's what we're trying to solve. If he took the groceries, Christopher. Martin's high school girlfriend, Kayla, tells police that in her case, she'd grown concerned about Martin three days earlier when he withdrew from a high school chat group. She sent him a text saying, what are you doing? Do you not want to talk to me anymore in particular? She didn't know that that very night, Martin also withdrew from his fraternity chat group. And then he started saying things that made me question if he was okay. It was things like, no one can help me at this point. So now ex-girlfriend Kayla tells police that she had had some growing concerns about Martin three days prior because he had left also the high school group chat. I support leaving a chat when you want to. Absolutely. Do whatever makes your heart better. However, there probably is a nice way to be like, guys, I need to focus on school. My phone distracts me or whatever. Like just ghosting your old high school friends. I'm not saying that that's not a healthy decision to make, but just be like, hey, guys, this chat's too just whatever. And this is what he said that gave her pause. He's like, to be honest, no one can help me at this point. There's no one I can talk to. Yeah. And the next day, that's when Martin went missing. And remember, he had just left the fraternity chat, too. I yeah. mean, there are just, there are those kinds of things that people do to distance themselves. That's why there's a mute button on Instagram. Honey, I got a, I got a mute list a mile long. Honey, you know? same. We've shared our mute lists. However, Joey and I are a little old-fashioned. We'll go right up to your face and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? The fuck is wrong with you? You got a problem? You got a problem? Why are you looking at me like that? Why'd you unfollow me on social media? Boone police are told about a possible sighting of Martin just an hour and a half after he left his cousin at the bus stop. We had a young lady come forward who stated that she had seen him walking uh, in an area not too far from town. She knew who Martin was. I think she described the identity like an unusual or a particular gate that she, hey, I know that's Martin Roberts. The exact location, Flannery Fork Road between Winkler's Creek and Payne Branch Roads. She says she saw Martin walking in an area not too far from town. And she's like, he's got a very specific walk. And that's how I recognized him. And that's when I was like, same. <laughs> because if anybody saw my avatar ass walking up and down 8th Avenue, they'd be like, that is Joey's yeah. monkey ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When I say monkey, I mean like my arms are longer than my entire body and I look like I should be dragging my knuckles along the sidewalk. Yeah, I know your walk. You lean forward, you walk fast, you walk, we both Do walk. I lean forward? You walk with a purpose. I've never seen you saunter. I, I don't, never saunter. I don't saunter either. No, and I, I get mean, mad you, when people saunter yeah, in front of me. Yeah, you and I can get uptown 20 blocks in like a matter of like 12 minutes. Yeah. Well, and also I'm gay. Gay people just, we plow through traffic. That's a running joke. It's like if you look at a Google Maps and it says, walk there in 15 minutes, I'm like, in gay, that's 10. <laughs> we just walk faster. It's all the bullying. <laughs> the, 
Aww. <laughs> this area that this woman saw him in was this area called Trout Lake, which is a little kind of recreational area that college students would go to, you know, I don't know, to smoke cigarettes and drink Zimas or something like that in the Zima! woods. <laughs> it's true. Don't sleep on a Zima. That shit would fuck you up. Oh, my God. It tasted like Sprite. That was not Sprite. Smearing I will tell you ice. that. Disgusting. Yeah, disgusting. So they use a helicopter, a night helicopter, to search with an infrared light this area, this Trout Lake area, that this woman said that she saw him. But unfortunately, nothing was found during that search. Yeah. And so then investigators, they talk to Martin's friends and family. And that's when they realize something strange huh. is that Martin had sort of been selectively hiding details about his life. After coming back to college, his friends started to notice that there were times where Martin would come in and, uh, hey, where have you been? He sometimes would say, I was with my cousin. Well, but we talked to his cousin. Uh, he only has one cousin in Boone. And she says, I haven't seen him. We don't hang out together. But his cousin contradicted that because she was like, I didn't see him in months. Like, we didn't hang out. Yeah, she's like, I love him, but I don't hang out with him. Now, we don't know the reasons for why he was doing that. But this is what was happening. I mean, uh, something bigger was that he had been hiding from his roommates as well as his mother and sister is he hadn't been attending Appalachian University when he came back that semester. He'd actually been attending the local community college, which I, nothing wrong with nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. I recommend if you don't know what you want to do, save your money and figure it out. Go to community college. But he lied. Yeah. And he wanted to take online classes, which fast forward a couple years, my man. Yeah. <laughs> that'll work out. Yeah. This is 2016, but he was lying about it. Well, he had stopped attending classes yeah. for like a month. He hadn't logged in into his online classes. Yeah. And he had just been making up and he had lied about these jobs he had. He had said that he'd had these part-time jobs or odd jobs and they went and they called these places. They're like, oh no, he applied, but he doesn't work here. So basically the family is realizing, oh, I got chills again. The family is realizing that he was struggling and nobody knew. He was going through his life saying what everyone wanted to hear putting on his cheery face to his fraternity brothers, to his family, to his parents, saying everything was okay, and he was just kind of lying to everyone. He was definitely struggling. And so now the investigators are armed with this information, and Martin's very cryptic note, it's starting to make more sense to them. Because it seemed as though Martin was trying to tell people, like we said, what he felt they wanted to hear, and he was exhausted. And he didn't want to disappoint people because even beyond all those little lies, which maybe could have been explained, he also lied about that DWI. He told his parents he was arrested for being drunk in public. Well, his mother and sister. Right. And that probably comes from just a deep embarrassment, shame, a deep fear of disappointing everyone. So now they know. They're like, this isn't Martin. Yeah. And so obviously he has been struggling. He's in a dark place. But now everybody involved, police, family, friends, they want to know, like, what are Martin's intentions? Yeah. So they start digging even more. When police check Martin's banking history, there were no large withdrawals or suspicious purchases before he went missing. There's been no more activity and still hasn't been any activity at all this time. Boone police also find something unexpected Martin left behind. Some antidepressant pills that uh, Martin was not prescribed. There, There were quite a few of them. I don't know of any time that he has been treated for depression. They did find some antidepressants that were not his. A large amount. Sweet baby. And they didn't know where they got them. And then Christopher says they didn't know why he had them in the first place. I was like, Christopher, he was going through something. Yeah. And he didn't feel comfortable enough to tell people. And he recognized he was depressed. And, you know, he maybe thought depression was some kind of a character flaw. Christopher. Yeah. You know what strikes me here is is. I was worried for him before, and then I became much more worried because there's a reason that you have to go see a therapist. And, you know, self-medicating with antidepressants can be very dangerous, especially if it's mixed with other drugs or alcohol. It just made me so sad because he was struggling to not feel comfortable enough to talk to anyone about this because no one knew. That's really common, 
You know, sure. nobody. I mean, oh, we, I'm not blaming the family or friends. Oh no, absolutely. It's just sometimes you just you just don't know where to start. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And it also, like you're not yeah, fine. It not takes a everybody. lot of bravery. Yeah, and it also takes a lot of energy. It does. And if you already are expelling a lot of energy because you're not telling the truth or you're in denial or you're having substance abuse issues, I don't know if that was the case for Martin, but whatever it is, it's already very hard. So at this point, I'm going to tell you, if you are having problems and you need help, reach out for help. Please. It's there. So a couple days after he went missing, there were a couple of other sightings. And it was around that area where that first woman saw him. No, they're like... Martin wasn't super outdoorsy. He definitely had the ability to hike, and he was very active, had a lot of endurance, and could do anything that he put his mind to. But those who know Martin best question if he'd ever attempt anything more ambitious than a day hike. He's a go outside and sweat for five minutes, come inside and take a shower type person. (laughs) He just didn't have a lot of experience. Probably hadn't been camping five times in his life. His sister was like, he'd sweat for a little while and come in and want to take a shower. He wasn't the roughing it type. <laughs> yeah. You know, roughing it is like a hotel with no room service. I hear you, Martin. Yeah, they were like, he's not going to try to hike for more than a day. Right. That just doesn't or seem likely. go out there and hang out in the wilderness for a little. And when we see the video, going back to the video, getting off the bus, like, he was casual. Yeah, he, he wasn't dressed for a person was just, who was hiking. Yeah, he was wearing just like a little small backpack. And, you know, if he was going to the mountains, that mountain area was like hundreds of miles. He just, he didn't look prepared like he was going anywhere in particular. But that's when Dad John tells us, like, they all love the beach. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, maybe there is this certain beach right outside of Myrtle Beach. God love you, Myrtle Beach. Don't go to Myrtle Beach. No. You'll never come back. <laughs> go, go to Savannah. I'll take Gulf Shores over Myrtle Beach. Was it, go, to, go to a different beach. But there was a beach just outside of Myrtle that they loved to go to. And so they were like, Well, maybe he went there. Now, Martin had two very distinct tattoos, one of the Appalachian Mountains. I guess it was like a logo for the school, perhaps, Yeah. on his forearm. And he also had a Bob Marley quote on his rib. And so they're very distinct, is the point. And there were a couple of sightings in South Carolina. They were not him. So we're a month in, and they're trying to follow every lead. And now they're starting to remember those times. Remember those times where he told his fraternity brothers that he was with his cousin, and he wasn't with his cousin? They were like, huh, what's going on? So Lord, help me. They do. My biggest fear They go through his computer. Now, they go through about 12,000 emails. Now, I actually am going to say the emails are fine. Yeah. You can go through my emails. Here's what I don't want you to go through. My drafts folder. Okay? Because that's where the real rage, the real, like, the real drama, the real crazy is in the thing I didn't send. Yes. You know, I'll send a but thing. But it felt you good to write yeah, it, it down. it felt real good to write it. And then the real email said, no problem. I'll be right on that. Regards, yeah. Ellen. But the other one had a, a series of woofs and clicks and a bunch of fuck yous and yep. get fucked. That's what I'm going to need you to delete. Yeah. And my notes section in my phone. We found a letter that said, I hope you slide down on a pole made of razor blades. Was she okay? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, it's like your therapist tells you, write that letter. Write a letter. Don't send it, but write the letter. I do that all the time. It's in the notes sections of my phone and the draft section of my email. Those are So the 12,000 emails, my emails are curated, honey. You can look through those. Those are spick and span. (laughs) For me, it's my hidden. Oh, your hidden pictures. Don't look through my hidden pictures Do you know the new phone? Do you know the new phone you need Face ID to open the hidden? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I won't get, yeah, because the hidden, you used to be able to put in your code, you need face ID to hit the hidden. Or, if you were a couple years ago, or you could have had Calculator Plus. Did you ever have Calculator Plus? No, uh, somebody else I knew I had, had that. It. Yeah. That's where you put all your naughty bits, and it's an app that looks like a calculator. It's not a calculator. Yeah, honey, I have enough vids in my phone that would outplay Titanic. I'm talking <laughs> four hours, maybe. Could you imagine next Obsessed Fest? They're like, in room four is Titanic. <laughs> in room seven are Joey's naughty videos. Everyone's like, Grrr. it's like... It's that scene in Lion King with all the wildebeests coming down. 
As an investigative Hail Mary, Boone's chief of police appeals to the community for anything they may know about Martin when he was off the radar. It's almost an open letter to the public. Hey, if you've got information about this, good or bad or whatever, you know, here's the chief's office line. You know, call me. The appeal elicits no responses. This is the wildest thing. Not a single person called. I know. No one. That's so strange. So they, they're thinking about his state of mind and they go and check the school counseling center. And obviously confidentiality made that really hard. And Dad John is trying his very, very best. And he says they never saw signs. Dad John, I love you. There are many, many people that are struggling that don't show outward signs. And they start to talk about, and I I love this about the family, they start to talk about, you know, if he was battling with his sexuality or his gender identity or something. Or depression. Big, or depression or something that seemed insurmountable. And we're all just fucking guessing as a parent. I know yeah. with your cats, but we are all just fucking guessing. But well, you cats ne- do suffer in silence. They do. They do. Those assholes. But I'm sure they were thinking, did I not open a door? Did I not have enough conversations? Did I not, you know? And again, I can think of ways my parents didn't do that, but my parents didn't do that maliciously or vindictively. Everyone's just out here fucking doing their best. Everybody is doing their best. And you can tell that this family loves him so much. And, you know, they're very confused. And they also said, like, you know, we always made it very clear Whatever it is that you're going through, whoever you are, whatever you are, it doesn't matter. We love you. But there are people who have an internal struggle that regardless of how safe the space is, they can't bring themselves to talk about it. Yeah. And his friends acknowledged. They were like, you know, he was a little bit different after he took that semester off. And no one knew he was struggling. Everyone is just putting one foot in front of the other and just as time goes by. So months go by. And I got to say, this Boone Police Department. They're really working hard for this family. They actually, I really love this. They they don't explain what these experts are, but they go and they say that they get experts in the field. I was like, I don't know what field that is, but they said they wanted new eyes. I was like, I applaud the lack of ego. I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. Yeah. But, you know, two points for the Boone police. And they offer a $10,000 reward And I feel like everyone kind of felt this same way, but I feel like we could reasonably rule out foul play because of the letter. Yes. You know, I I feel like they felt the same way and they didn't say as much. I think that the family also was like, if you did leave your life, if you did go somewhere, if you did start over, if it was all too much for you. We just want you to be happy. Yeah. And of course, I would never speak for him. But just when you're recovering from a series of mistakes that we all inevitably make as a kid. And now you look back and you're like, it's not it wasn't that big of a deal. But shame can be wrapped around that. And, you know, you never want to, like, let your family down, even even if you say you don't give a shit what anyone says. None of us want to let people down. I do think that haircut was interesting, though. They don't talk about it in the episode, but that fraternity brother who took him to get a haircut. Obviously, if someone is struggling and is in a mental health crisis, there might not be any outward signs or they might not exhibit any warning signs. But I I did think that was a bit strange. How so? Because it was two days before he went missing and maybe, not that it's strange, it just gave me pause. I just found it interesting. Maybe he didn't know when he was going to leave. It might have been a very last minute decision. And- if he did go in these mountains, I looked up those Blue Ridge Mountains, and they are vast. Really? They re- they are truly infinite. It is a big, big stretch of land. Oh. Well, it's really sad because this is kind of where the story ends. Yeah. And as with any case, any family, we just want peace for them. We want answers for them. I, I just want to say to people out there, if you're struggling, I know sometimes it's hard to find the words to say what it is, sometimes you can't explain it. Ask for help if you need it. There is always help. Don't forget the SAM HASA, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, is always available 24-7 at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 4357. And there is, it's hard asking for help, but there is no 
shame in it. Reach out. And sometimes it is easier to reach out to someone that you don't know. If I, if there's ever something wrong with me and I try and, and I'll say, no, nah, I'm okay. Joey goes, don't you fucking lie to me. What's wrong? <laughs> I was like, bitch, why do you know me so well? <laughs> but also if you have any information for this sweet baby boy, the Boone Police Department will absolutely take any information you have at 828-268-6900. We are sending a big big hug to this family and listen we're all we're all struggling you know say something Benny you really did play soccer like soccer was really like your thing I played soccer like a bitch you know that actually makes sense because you've always been good at busting balls there she is (laughs) bow 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 true down bitch because I have told the drama club about my nickname my nickname was Razor as a kid because I was so little when when the referee would be behind me I would run I would get shoulder to shoulder with the girl because in soccer you can shoulder and I would boom I would hit him with my elbow and the referee would never see me and they said I had razor sharp elbows and they called me Razor. Razor was on the back of my jacket you don't listen when I talk. Oh my god my nickname growing up was so if you would like more of Joey and I, please join us on the Drama Club by visiting our website and clicking on the Patreon link. We also always, always love connecting with you on socials. Don't forget, we got a lot of big announcements coming up, and that's going to go straight to the social media first. Follow us on Instagram, The Disappeared Pod. We are also on Twitter. We are on Instagram, Obsessed with Disappeared. We are, we finally got cameras in the booth, baby, so we're going to be posting some more clips of Joey and I. Tell them about the Facebook group, my love. Oh, we are, our Facebook group is called. No, 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 just stop. It's called the the Obsessed Obsessed with Disappeared podcast, the Obsessed with Disappeared Facebook discussion group. And we have big, (laughs) big announcements coming up about what we're doing next. And we have some tour dates coming up. We got a new show coming your way. We love you so, so much. We are coming to an end with this series very, very soon, but do not fret because we are going to be in your ears for a very long time. We love you guys so much. I love you, Joey. I love you guys and I love you too, Yellow Marie Mars. We love you, dumb bitches. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. I wasn't a I was, I had a whole separate life. I was an amazing soccer player. And I followed soccer. That was like one of the only things my ex-husband and I connected on was was soccer. Wow. And and it was, and do you know who Pele is? No. Of course you don't. The best soccer player to ever lived. He played for Brazil. He had a 20-year career. Do He's- I look like somebody who watched soccer? Okay. Well, you also look like somebody who doesn't trust their best friend. Do you friend. know who Sandy Patty is? Okay. Tell yeah, me. exactly. One of but- the best gospel singers who ever lived. So, Ripped in your room. So when she gets there, he's already been released. Shut the fuck up, you asshole. (laughs) So that's why come, you know, when we fast forward to April. Did you say why come? That's why come? Did I say why come? So that's how. Why come? (laughs) If I said why come. Lola used to say that when she was little. I'd say we have to go why come. Oh. That's so cute. Well. Wait, what, what do you have to Google? Oh, all you have to do is, I think um, because of that short I did. Okay, she's Googling it. Uh, there's like, you can it? see Joey part of my butt. Jo- Taranto. Joey Taranto. Butt? Or naked, maybe? Butt doesn't come up. No, when I put in butt, there's a picture of me and you on the second line. Well, Hold on. there it is. Naked. <laughs> and they, and don't do it. Don't say it or I'll kill you. What? They also use sonar to check the lake bottom and they don't find, don't do it. No. And so hey. sadly, that no. No. Don't you go talking about it. Okay, I don't care. We're done. Anyway, join us Obsessed Fest 2023 where you get to see Joey's fun bits. Yes. 